0: good morning. It is so good to see you this morning. What a blessing it is to uh, be able to celebrate baptism. Uh, once again, uh, I told you, you need to get used to this. Uh, God is doing some amazing things in our church, and we're so grateful uh, for the way that he is working. So, um, listen, just continue to be faithful, continue to share the message, and continue to see God moving in people's lives and in people's hearts. Alexis, come stand. This is Alexis Wilson. Alexis, uh, had, I had the privilege of being able to talk with Alexis uh, a few weeks ago and, and uh, just so proud of what God is doing in Alexis' life. Uh, so pleased with, what, with the way that God is moving. And I'll tell you, you can ask Alexis any question you want to. She's got an answer. Isn't that right? Yes. <laughs> I love Alexis. I love what God is doing in her life. Alexis, so proud of you, so pleased with what God is doing. And you can't wait to see what God does in your life from this point forward. Alexis, have you asked Jesus to be your Lord and your Savior? Yes. Alexis, it's by your profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my sister, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, buried with Christ in baptism, raised to walk in a brand new way of This is John McLish. And uh, a few weeks ago, John kind of responded. You remember we talked about baptism and John responded to that and had an opportunity to sit down and talk with him. And John was just telling me a little bit about his family and his, his faith background and, and really just saying, I just, I, I just want to learn more. I want to know more about following Jesus. And so we talked a little bit at that day and, and I said, hey, let's, let's, let's just see where God takes this. And I, it was probably a week and a half later, John texted me and he said, I'm ready to sit down and talk again. And so he was ready to take that step of faith, and uh, God has continued to work in his heart. And John, I'm just so pleased with what God is doing in your life, and I know you've got a lot of people here uh, to be a part of this day with you. So John, I'm so pleased and so proud and just, again, so grateful for the way that God is moving in your heart and in your family, and I just can't wait to see what God does as you continue to follow Jesus. Awesome. John, I ask you. Have you given your life to Jesus and accepted Him, and accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Uh-huh. John, it's by your profession of faith in Christ that I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, buried in Christ and baptism, raised to walk in a brand new way with
1: awesome
0: Y'all, it doesn't get any better than that. That's why we're here, that's what we're about seeing lives changed. Are you excited about what God is doing? What a wonderful, wonderful thing. Hey, it's going to be a great day. Let's worship together today. Let's see what God does as we continue to worship.
1: Well, we are so glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, My name is Brad. I'm one of the pastors here. And on the way in, you should have picked up some material. Uh, The first one is a prayer guide for missionaries. Uh, Before I do that, If you haven't checked in yet, please do. The information's on the screen behind me. If you're watching online, uh, it should be on the screen below. We'd love for you to check in, so that way you can kind of let us know you're here submitting prayer requests. So please do that each week. But if you got this in the way, and if you didn't, they're on the table outside. As a church, we support thousands of missionaries across North America and, and really all over the world, and this is a way for you to get to know some of their stories, and so there's a prayer guide here, so make sure you pick that up, and it's got a week of prayer. We collect an offering throughout the month of March uh, to support them, but make sure you grab this, it. It's got some great stuff, and also, um, this green sheet here is our monthly bulletin. It's got all the announcements and the upcoming events, so make sure you grab that. Those are on the walls as you exit if you didn't already grab one. Well, this morning, we have a very special guest. Erskine is going to be leading us in worship. And uh, you may have recognized him if you've been around for a while. Erskine's amazing. And uh, we're excited for his ministry. He's going to share with us this morning. Also, um, this is, some of you all may not realize this. We have two pastoral interns. One of, them, one of them's name is Nate. Nate works with our students. Y'all like Nate? Yeah, okay, great. Um, the other one, his name is Brad Conley. And Brad Conley, uh, some, of y'all don't, some of y'all like him more, and I would understand that. If you nominate, know you'd like Brad more. Um, Brad is doing something. He doesn't know I'm doing this. He is going to preach his first sermon today. A sister church um, here in Deland is, has a pastor who's sick. So as we start worship, we're going to pray for Brad as he delivers his first message. One of the things that we do as a church is we try to raise up the next generation of pastors. And so as a church, we get to come alongside them. And watch them grow. He's not preaching here. He's preaching up in Dillian on Springs. But would you pray for Brad this morning and pray for us as we worship. So let's pray together. Uh, Father God, we thank you so much for what's going to happen this morning. God, we're so thankful for the missionaries all over the world who are doing incredible work. And that we get to partner with them through prayer and through our finances. And God, this morning at at 11 o'clock as uh, Brad Conley goes and delivers his first Sunday morning message, I pray that you come beside him. Give him the words to speak. And we're so thankful for the growth that we're seeing through him as he develops into the pastor that you want him to be. God, thank you so much for this church. Thank you so much for Erskine and what he's going to do and how he's going to lead us this morning. Father God, we love you. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand together. So it doesn't
2: matter, tribe or tongue or location that you've come from. If we're talking about the God of all creation, the God that's revealed himself in the 66 books of the Bible, then we're talking about the same guy who did miracles back then. And as you saw this morning is still doing miracles in people's hearts. And I'm excited. I'm excited that I can come into a place and then when I'm able to leave that place, I can go to people and I can say, you know, the news might not report on this, but there are people who are still getting saved. There are still people who are getting baptized and strengthened in their faith. And so I pray that this morning you guys would be encouraged. Let's sing together.
3: On the God of Moses, the one who opened up the ocean. I need you now to do the same thing for me. Scratch the guy. Oh, God, my God, I.
2: Let's continue to worship the Lord. I don't know what kind of week you guys had this week, but I would imagine that if you're actually trying to live the Christian life, if you're trying to seek after the Lord, if you're trying to be uh, undefeated and unstoppable in this culture that we live in that is so antithetical to the things of God, then you probably took some hits this week. And I just want to remind all of you and anybody who's watching online that our God has already won the victory. And so be encouraged, saints. Continue to live that life. God has called us to. actively watching the clock they said you got 30 minutes don't mess it up because I like to talk pastor dad knows I like to talk boy I like to talk when I get a mic but I also like to sing and so I'll sing a song called everything but hey you guys all right this morning you guys good all right my wife says I got a staring problem so if any of you guys feel like I'm staring extra long at you it's because I'm staring extra long at you out in the audience today so you got a little bit of staring problem. But it's great to be back in DeLand. I was reading last night um, some of the famous people from DeLand. There weren't that many people. So anyway, in the first service, they didn't have any announcements. And so my announcement always, for all times, every place that I go, is that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And so, some of you guys may um, not know me. And then after I say this, you may go do something that you may either regret or it may be a big fulfillment in your life. But I'm also a social media influencer. And so I do a show called The Erskine Music Show in which I talk about life and culture and art and theology. And so you should like and subscribe. Like and subscribe. Now some of you guys will watch it, but I just wanna give you a disclaimer before I start. Like yesterday's show was on anti-Semitism because we wanted to deal with that topic. Last week we dealt with the Mormons and how we shouldn't let them tell us that they're actually Christians because they're going to go to hell with that kind of stuff. Different Bible, different God, different Jesus, different plan of salvation. They will go to hell. Tell your Mormon friends, trust Jesus. The week before that, my show was on how powerful political pundits use black people as their pawns to get across woke agendas. So I'm just going to leave that there for you guys. Nice Florida audience, and I'm going to let you guys figure out if you want to like and subscribe to the Erskine Music Show. <clears throat> now, as a songwriter, I live in Nashville, and as a songwriter, uh, I love the freedom of saying, hey, I'm going to write whatever I want to write. But every once in a while, somebody will come up to me and they will say, hey, um, can you write a song for this particular occasion? And so Moody Radio approached me, the, the affiliate there in Nashville, Don and Steve's Morning Show, they're a brand sponsor of mine, and they said, our, our share a this year is the gospel changes everything. And so would you consider writing a song or helping us write a song or do a songwriting competition for that? And I was like, sure, that's great. I would love that. And I love the theme of that, that the gospel changes everything. That's one of those foundational things that I think that if you're a follower of Christ, you recognize that you can't just say, well, I'm a follower of Christ now, but I'm still gonna go back and do what I used to do. That don't work. That dog don't hunt. We don't just say, well, I'm a follower of Christ," but like, "I've got this one area of my life. I just God. I just want to have, have this area of my life to myself, and you can't touch it." We don't say that as followers of Christ, do we? We be, we begin to let the gospel just speak to us in all those different areas. It's amazing. Like I travel around the world, and I get a chance to do this uh, by the grace of God, and it's amazing. Like in the last few weeks, literally, there's been people that are like, "Hey, uh, I was out in Kansas, and there was a guy that had, like had like like rebel flags and stuff." And, like, he would look at me as like, hey, I know there's still some some things, but, like, I used to be a racist. And I'm like, tell me more. Tell me more. <laughs> and so he would get to describe, like, all the different changes in his life and just ignorances and things that he grew up with. And I was like, man, praise the, praise the Lord, man. This, this dude has changed. Like, I mean, you can't judge a book by its cover. Um, and so, man, I'm just, there's so many powerful testimonies of people whose lives have been changed. This song is called Everything, and it's kind of beboppy, and it's kind of, hootie-ish and it's, it's kind of my style but I kind of adapted that to the theme that Moody Radio gave me. I followed my assignment to the T and this is what we came up with. So hit it!
3: I was unwanted I was a castaway, Running from it how did I last day that you found me running Into a great light I was blind when I found my side. Oh, I tried to do the way I was thinking But I couldn't do it alone the gospel gave me a reason For living a new life in Jesus alone Now it's changing Oh, it's changing, it's changing everything My resurrection feels like a run and Life is so different than what it used to be Testify, rescue I'm never going back Not defined by a broken past Oh, I tried changing the way I was thinking, but I couldn't do it alone. The gospel gave me a reason for living a new life in Jesus alone. Now it's changing, oh it's changing, it's changing everything, anything is possible with Jesus. In my life But I couldn't do it alone The gospel gave me a reason For living a new life in Jesus alone Now it's changing Oh, it's changing Yeah, it's changing Oh, now it's changing It's changing
2: Because I want to make sure, maybe I'll get invited back to the third service. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, uh, <clears throat> let's see, I, I'm going to do Grace May the First Move. I got time to tell you guys this. I'm, I'm originally from Texas, the nation that's kind of over there. I don't know which direction it is. But on the United States, it's to my left. <laughs> I'm from Florida. Is it that way? Is it behind me? Texas. There we go. <laughs> but I'm from the nation, and uh, I grew up um, 505 South Davis Street. Don't try to go there, because I don't know the people who live there anymore. It's not my family. It's somebody else. They have green shutters. I was there about a month or so. Uh, I was probably about two months ago. I was in Texas. I was doing a little tour, and I was like, I'm going to go back by the house that I grew up in and just kind of see what—it's so much smaller than what I, I remember it. I guess it's because I've gotten bigger. But I grew up on 505 South Davis Street, and uh, I remember— this thing real quick. I remember growing up uh, in a situation where, perhaps not unlike some of you guys, we went to church every Sunday. That is, my parents went to church. They sent me to this place called Sunday School. I think you guys still do that, that thing. But you have to understand that as a child, I wasn't a, a believer. And so somebody tried to tell me the other day, I was like, how long have you known Christ? And they're like, my whole life. I'm like, bad theology. Come on now. We, there's a point in which we have to recognize our sin and that we're not a believer so that we can become a believer. Amen. Everybody didn't say amen because some of you guys still trying to figure that out. That's all right. We'll let the Lord deal with that. So I grew up um, as a child. I wasn't a believer, but I knew that I was having to be made to go to Sunday school, and I thought it was a raw deal. That was a bad deal because I wanted to watch Leo the Lion and some of my favorite cartoons that would come on on Sunday morning. Instead, I was having to go to Sunday school. And long story short, I I did not like anything about the experience. Obviously, the Lord was setting me up, and He had a plan and a purpose in my life. But I just remember. I would walk around the corner. I'm thinking, why do I have to go to Sunday school? Why can't I just go to church? But I didn't really like the church either, so I would walk around to Sunday school, and I remember there were these shoes, and I actually saw a pair of these the other day. I thought, I'm going to go take those shoes. I'm going to buy these shoes so I can burn these shoes. But there were these shoes called penny loafers. I don't know if you guys have ever seen them. You guys have actually seen those shoes? I would think that the first service would know what those shoes are, but anyway, you guys know what those shoes are as well. Um, So these penny loafers, I would... You have to wear these shoes, but, you know, I don't know. I don't guess my parents had a lot of money or they just didn't care. I don't know what it was. I just Maybe they didn't have a lot of money. But I'd have to wear these shoes every week. Now, the shoes were not growing, but I was. The shoes stayed the same, but I was growing. And so every conceivable week, they would get more and more uncomfortable until they devised this plan, this thing called a slipper spoon. And they would take it and they would put it in my heel and they would jam my foot into this, this shoe, and I'm thinking, this is not, this. I don't like this. <laughs> this is torture. What did I do wrong to deserve this? And so I would walk to the church, and I didn't really like it. And there was a, an elderly lady there by the name of Miss Black who told me, hey, if you will memorize verses of Scripture, then I'll give you lollipop. And I was like, oh, okay. That's, I'm, I'm in for this deal. And so I remember doing that. But I, I also remember, like, I would try to sneak out after Sunday school, Pastor Dan. I would try to sneak out after Sunday school. It was just it was, it was too awkward for me. But I remember there were people who would catch me at the back, and they would say, hey, are you staying for church? And I'm like, ugh. Sometimes my parents would make me stay for church, and it was awkward experience because there was a pastor up there who was yelling. I don't see too many black people that are out there, but I can't really see anybody that's out there. So maybe you guys are all black out there because this is in my eyes. But I grew up in the black church tradition, and those church services long. I'm going to tell you what. They were singing song after song after song after song after song after song. Song after song after song after song. And so I'm like, man, this is taking a long time. Not only did I not get a chance to see my cartoons this morning, but this, like, this guy's up there yelling. Now, I guess the Lord was preparing me for songwriting because my ears have always been sensitive. And he's yelling into the microphone as loud as he possibly can. And he's like, does he not realize this is a small building? Like, he can communicate without the microphone if he's going to use that volume. And so it was hurting my ears. And I just remember every once in a while, he would look at me, and it's like he was talking to me. And I knew that sin was bad and Jesus was good. Sin bad, Jesus good. I didn't really have all the theology theology of it worked out. But I felt like he would look at me every once in a while and he'd be like, you know, you're a sinner. And I would think, that's rude. That's a rude thing to say. I came to this man's house one day out of the week and he's going to insult me like this? I had no idea that what he was actually proclaiming, that he was actually shouting about, was the gospel of truth. That me as a sinner... And my sin would not be able to have the hope and righteousness of Christ without bowing my knee, repenting of my sins, and putting my trust in Jesus. There was something that needed to be activated in my life. And as the Holy Spirit began to take that message of salvation to my heart, it began to be that which began to draw me closer and closer to Christ. And some of you guys have experienced this before in a variety of ways, but it's this longing for and a desire for Jesus that then begins to be the thing that you think about all the time. The thing that you begin to ask people questions about. I remember Brother Fred Richardson would be at the back of the church, and uh, he had a little usher pin. He's like, hey, you can be a little junior usher. And I was like, okay, that's cool. What do I do? Just stand there at the church and let people in or just close the door. So I'd stand there, and like, Brother Fred Richardson, I would begin to ask him questions about Jesus because I knew that there was something about Jesus that he knew that I didn't know, and so I wanted to know that about him. I don't know if you guys have ever walked down that path, but uh, being a bad little boy, and I'm still watching the time. I got you. I got you. I got you. Being a bad little boy, I would get in trouble a lot. And I recognize that the word grace is a word that's only used at church. You see, I would get in trouble at school and I would ask the assistant principal, like, hey, I know I'm supposed to get paddled. Do they still spank kids at school? They don't? That's what's wrong. That's what's wrong. That's what's wrong. So, like, you guys haven't been spanked? at school? Do you go to school? You might be homeschoolers. You look like homeschoolers. Any of you guys homeschool? <laughs> guys, I, we homeschool our kids as well. So I have all the homeschool jokes out there. Yeah. So I upset them all. <laughs> but I would get in trouble and I, I tried this on the assistant principal and I was like, hey, can I get some grace this time? And he's like, no, <laughs> that don't work here. Bam! <laughs> so back in those days, this is a history lesson back in those days when you would get in trouble at school they would call your parents and they would tell you that you got a, they would tell your parents that you got a spanking at school and so when you got home you're going to get another spanking <laughs> hey look i needed every one of those i probably got away with too many things i needed more of them but so my parents were like okay okay oh he did what okay all right you spank okay we'll deal with it when we get home so i'm like oh man i got to use this grace word again and so I would go home, and I tried it on my parents, and I was like, hey, can I get some grace? Like, I've already had a spanking today. I've learned I've, I've learned my lesson. And they were like, no, <laughs> we're not doing grace. Pow! Got it again. And so I was thinking, this word grace, it seems to be uniquely fitted to the church. Those people talk about grace. We sing songs like Amazing Grace. We sing songs like Grace That Is Greater Than All Of Our Sins, and there's something unique about grace and as the Holy Spirit, when I was young, began to activate the understanding that it didn't matter what family I was from, it didn't matter how many bad things that I'd done, it didn't matter if, if I had a, a plan or not a plan, the thing I needed was Jesus, and that Jesus provided the opportunity for me to experience his grace, and that was lavished upon me by his riches, and it was unmerited by my own self. So as I began to recognize that, I don't know if you, you guys know this song, Grace That Is Greater Than All of Our Sins? Yes? Let's see who goes.
3: Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will part and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all our sin.
2: So now as a songwriter, I get to plug things like that into my songs, and I love it. And so this song is called Grace Made the First Move. She's doing acoustic. She's doing acoustic. These people just want acoustic. They told me. They communicated that with me. <laughs> I'm a self-made man i'm doing i'm playing it wrong that's why it didn't make sense to me yeah it all sounds right now
3: i'm a self-made man with my well-eat plans and i was taught to do it on my own And I've tried and failed And I've been derailed From dust you picked me up And now I know first oh, oh, but if I do fear, victory is here, it overwhelms my worn and weary soul, nothing I could earn, what I don't deserve, Grace made the first move. Oh, 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 oh,
0: aren't you glad that Grace made the first move? Simple fact is that in our lives, if we, if it was up to us. If it was if it was our decision, if it was our choice, if it was about us, if it was we're gonna make things work, guys, it would never work. We would never move towards him if he didn't move towards us. And so today we have the privilege of being able to celebrate that. That in the grace of Jesus, we get to experience who he is and all that he has done. We get to experience him, we get to know him, we get to follow him. It's not because of who we are, it's because of who he is, grace, the grace of God it moved towards us so that we can know him. In just a moment, we're going to share this meal of communion of the Lord's Supper, and in that, it is a picture of the grace of God. It is a picture of the body of Christ. It is a picture of what God has made us to be and the privilege of being able to celebrate who he is, what he has done, his death, the sacrifice that he made on the cross, his burial, his succumbing to the point of death, his resurrection, the reality that he defeated death and hell in the grave and so we can live in him, and his coming again that we have not yet attained but we look forward to. And in this moment, we come and we celebrate that. A couple of quick things. First of all, you do not have to be a member of Stetson Baptist Church to partake in the Lord's Supper. We just ask that you have given your life to Jesus. If you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, you're welcome to participate, regardless of what church you might belong to. Second of all, and this is a little more housekeeping, in each one of these little slots, there are two cups. Make sure you grab both of those uh, because that will allow you to participate fully with us. If you're at home and you're uh, watching from home, we would love for you to participate with your church family. And uh, you can grab something to eat, something to drink. It might not be bread and juice like it is here, but it's a way for you to be able to participate. Friends, what a special moment for us to be able to celebrate Jesus to know what he has done in our lives. For us to come together and to celebrate his presence even in this room. As we, uh, as we share the Lord's Supper together, let's remember. Let's, rec- let's recognize, let's reflect on who Jesus is and all that he has done in our lives. I'm going to have a word of prayer. If our service would go in and come forward, we're going to pray and then we're going to share this meal together. Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your work. Thank you for the privilege of being in your presence. And God, I pray that you will speak to us in a powerful way as you already have today, that you will just continue to work. God, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. Thank you that we can celebrate him today. And God, we do. We put our faith in Christ. We trust in him alone, knowing that, God, he is... He is the one that makes everything possible, and so we're grateful. So, God, I pray that as we share this Lord's Supper together, that it would be a reminder and a reflection on all that you have done. We are grateful to you. In Jesus' name, amen.
3: Alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What hides a love? What depths of peace? When fears are still, when striving cease Comforter by all in all Here in the love of Christ I'll say In Christ alone who took on flesh Fullness of God in heaven of the world by darkness laid then bursting forth in glorious day up from the grave he rose again and as he stayed sing these words. Oh Christ, the solid rock. in life, no fear in death. This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell.
0: I'll stay Amen, amen. Thank you, Erskine. What a uh, what a wonderful day we have had. Um, isn't it a great day to just be in the house of the Lord, to be together, uh, to recognize the work that he is doing in our lives? This morning, um, many of you woke up like I did uh, to some thunder and some lightning and some rain and the weather was terrible. And I'll tell you, as a pastor, when I wake up on days like that, I think nobody's coming. But here you are. What an awesome, wonderful time to be able to be together and to recognize. You know, it's, it's wonderful when we get to come together as the body of Christ and we get to celebrate and we get to, to, uh, to recognize who He is. I don't know if you know this, but all of you are not like all of you. Did you know that? Everybody in here is an individual. We all have different quirks and different things about us. We all have different personalities. We all have different backgrounds. We all have different jobs. We all have different walks of life. We live in different places. We grew up different ways. And it's a beautiful thing that we have all of the differences that we have in this room. And yet we come together under one umbrella. And that umbrella is Jesus Christ. We come together and we celebrate our unity Even though we are really, really diverse, even though we come from lots of different places, we have the privilege of being able to celebrate that God has made us one. You know, in this meal, in this uh, Lord's Supper, it is a picture of our unity. We call it sometimes communion. In that word, it literally talks about the unity that we have under Jesus, and so when we share this meal together, it is, a, it is a reminder of the night that Jesus gathered with his disciples, 12 disciples. Y'all, if you, if you do a little study on those 12 disciples, they were really different. As a matter of fact, some of them outside of being with Jesus would not have liked each other at all. And they certainly wouldn't have found themselves at a table together. And yet here they were, gathered around the table. Jesus saying things like, the world will know that you're my disciples by the way that you love one another. And they're probably looking across the table saying, I don't even like him. I can't love him. And yet, Jesus says, oh yes you can. You can love him because I loved you. You can love him because of the love that I have placed in you. And then he took the bread and he broke it, the one loaf of bread, and he broke it and he passed it to his disciples. And he said something like this. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. And he gave it to him and he said, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. And then again, as if the point hadn't already been made, he would take the cup and he would, the one cup, and he would bless it and thank God for it. And he would pass it to his disciples and they would pass it around and each would take a sip from this one cup. I'm glad we don't do that anymore. COVID stopped it. Actually, it was stopped a long time before that. But anyway. But the picture is of unity. Under the blood of Jesus, because of Jesus' love for us. He took the cup and he gave thanks for it and he blessed it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, this is my blood, the blood of the new covenant, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. As often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. let's pray together. Father, we're grateful for all that you are. We're grateful for the privilege of knowing you and following you. And God, I pray that you would just continue to work in our lives, even as we just have a few moments left together. God, would you communicate your purpose and your grace? Would you show us your desires for our lives? God, we love you and we thank you for loving us. As we open your word, would you share with us your truth? In Jesus' name, amen. I want to invite you real quickly to turn with me to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1, I'm just going to read just a few verses to you, and I just want to share just a quick, quick message. We don't have very long left, but I just want to share with you a real quick message about what it means to share the message of the gospel. We're going to walk through uh, a passage in Romans chapter 1. I'm going to begin reading in verse 15. Look at what it says. It says, so I'm eager, this is Paul writing to the church at Rome. He says, so I'm eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Now, this is a really simple statement. It's something that that shouldn't surprise us. There was a church in Rome, and and Paul loved this church, and so he wanted to get to them to share the message. But I'll tell you, there there is something in the background of this. You see, if you were to go to Rome today, as a matter of fact, I know people who have taken vacations to Rome, and you want to see the sights, and you want to see all the history that's there. But when Paul was going to Rome, when he said, I am eager to go to come to you in Rome, there was something that you need to understand about Rome in that day. It was not the vacation site that it is today. As a matter of fact, it wasn't even a comfortable place, especially for a Christian. The Christians in Rome were fed to the animals. The Christians in Rome were placed in the Colosseum, you know, that big building that everybody goes and tours the blood of Christians was spilled in that Colosseum. There was an emperor in Rome named Nero, and history would tell us that Nero literally uh, lit his garden by the burning bodies of Christians. That's pretty gruesome. It's pretty painful to think about. But it was that Rome that Paul was saying, I am eager to come preach the gospel to you. That's where Paul was wanting to go. He said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. He says, I, I want to I come to you and I want to share the message because I'm not ashamed of it. It's something to be proud of. It's something to, to be bold about. It is the power of God. It is the power of God for salvation that gives us salvation in our lives. He says, to everyone who believes, there's nobody that is that is exempt from that. And then he says, to the Jew first, because Jesus was a Jew and the message was communicated first to the Jews, and also to the Greek. Uh, basically, in, in biblical language, you kind of had two categories of people. You had the Jew And you had the non Jew, the Greek, the Gentile. The Gentile people were anybody who wasn't Jews. By the way, the people that Paul is writing to, the people of Rome, do you know what they are? They're not Jews. Which means they're Gentiles, so they're really excited about the fact that he's gonna come and share the message of the gospel. Now, I know, uh, that what I'm about to say is gonna catch some of you off guard. It didn't catch you, some of you off guard for a while, but I have a question for you. Now that we're talking about the, the, not being ashamed of the gospel, I have a question for you. You ready for the question? What is the gospel? Now, for those of you that this might be your first week, or maybe you've only been here for a couple of weeks, let me tell you why the people around you are laughing. Because we spent seven long weeks, and we put that question on the on the little screen every single week, and we asked people to remember what the answer to that question is. I answered it for you for seven weeks. So I know... That you already know the answer to that question. This is your test. You thought it was over. But no, it's not. So I need you to say it with me when it shows up on the screen for you. Are you ready? Jesus lived a perfect life died on the cross for my sin and rose again. That is the message of the gospel. Some of you, I'm just needing to put cheat sheet after cheat sheet after cheat sheet up there for you. It's okay. But that message is powerful. Jesus lived a perfect life. And he died on the cross for my sin and your sin. And he rose again. There was no fault found in him. So his death was not his death, it was my death. He died on the cross, not for anything he had done, but for everything that I had done and everything you had done. And he rose again, defeating death, defeating hell, defeating the grave, so we can put our faith in him today. That is the message of the gospel. That is what Paul says, I am not ashamed of. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it is the power of God unto salvation for faith. It is a powerful thing. He goes on and finishes it. He, He says, for in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. What Paul is saying is that when we share the message of the gospel, when we learn the message of the gospel, when we understand the message of the gospel, it allows us to be righteous even though we're not righteous. It makes us righteous because of what Jesus did for us. It makes us right with God. It heals our relationship with God when we understand that Jesus died for us. When the grace of God covers our sins, we have the privilege of being being able to experience the righteousness of God. Not because we act like it, but because he made us that way. Now, okay. Okay. If I were to summarize all of that, and I know it's really brief today, but here's the thing that I would just encourage you to walk out of here thinking. Number one, or overall, the gospel. The gospel is to be shared, the gospel is to be received, and the gospel is to be experienced in our lives the message of the gospel that jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sin and rose again that is to be shared we should tell people that people need that we need to experience and share that message with others that is not something to keep to ourselves it must be shared it must be received The message of the gospel, that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sins and rose again, that must be received. It's not something we can say, well, that's a pretty picture. No, it's something we have to take in and say, this is my story. This is my decision. This is something I want and I need. Something to be received. It's also something to be experienced. That we live out the message of the gospel every day in our lives. Every breath that we take, every step we take, every moment, every morning when we wake up, we should say, thank you, Jesus, that today is yours. Thank you that we can experience the message of the gospel every day. Friend, there's no greater message than the gospel that Jesus lived a perfect life and died on the cross for my sins and your sins. he rose again. That message is to be shared, to be received as our own and experienced every day of our life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for your love. Thank you for the way that you work in our lives. God, I pray that you will, in the few moments that we have together, God, that you will just continue to speak to us and that your purpose would be made clear in our lives let us rest in you
2: as you continue to pray i just want to give you an opportunity to respond.